many mornings I would get up, sit up on the edge of the bed and stand up and think, I don't understand how my body can do this. You know, thinking back to everything that happened to me, to my body physically, how can you get up out of bed and stand up and walk off? It's amazing. The healing is amazing. Hello friends, I am Jen Dean and you're listening to The Gardenia Project, where women tell us stories that have shaped their lives, that have changed them. This is a place to get quiet and really listen to one story and possibly let it change the way you see the world in some small way. I love this quote by Hannah Gadsby, where she says, nothing is stronger than a broken woman who has rebuilt herself. There are big and small ways that we can break over the course of our lives. But I agree with Hannah, and I love knowing the story of how people rebuild themselves. Let me introduce Jeannie. At the time of the story, she was 61 years old and worked in the insurance industry. She had two children and two grandchildren. This story happened in 2003. I was on my way to work, like any other Monday, this was a Monday after Christmas in 2003. And I left the house with my full cup of coffee, like I always did. I had some Christmas items on, new jewelry, a new shirt, and away I went. And the last thing I remember is being stopped to make a left-hand turn onto the Running Hill Road, and I was blinded by the sun. And I sat there for a couple of minutes, and. I saw nothing and I made my left hand turn and there was a big beer truck coming in the opposite direction. He smashed into the passenger side of my car and that's the last thing I remember of the big event. Well I broke all kinds of things. I had a concussion, smashed up elbow, hip pelvis, found out much later a cracked rib, all kinds of internal injuries, and Scarborough Rescue got me to Maine Medical Center, and Maine Medical Center saved my life. They put Jeannie in a medically induced coma for two months. She had multiple broken bones and multiple internal injuries and infections, including sepsis, which is a life-threatening condition. I don't think they gave me very good chances of, of living. living. Iffy, iffy at best. The organ donors were circling. Yeah, oh my God. it was that, I mean, it was that iffy. But there was an experimental drug that my husband had to sign for that could only be given once so I think that was a that was a turnaround, along with a CD of the kids, yeah. grandkids. They say when you're in a coma, you're aware of what's going on. You hear what's going on around you. So my son-in-law made a CD to play for me with ocean waves, and interspersed with this was my two little grandkids, five and seven at the time. Grammy, you have to get better. We miss you, Grammy. We love you, Grammy. You've got to get better so you can come home. And I swear, I mean, I know the, the trauma team and the 
experimental drugs, but I swear that CD played a big part in my wanting to get better. Jeannie drove to work on December 29th, 2003, and she woke up on February 14th, 2004. Funny, when I woke up, I didn't realize that I had all these broken bones because everything had healed. It would have been two months later. If they hadn't told me I had broken hip, I never would have known. Except the fact that I couldn't stand up. They wouldn't let me stand on it. But I had no pain. I had, you know, my elbow I had a cast. So I knew that happened. The wrist, never would have known. Pain was all gone. No more pain from those broken bones. I don't ever remember asking what happened or why me. Did I, I don't ever remember asking that. Subconsciously, I, or maybe I heard people talking that was an auto accident, but the why me never cropped up. They had to wake her up very slowly. She was on so many different medications and the drugs had given her terrible nightmares. She was in immense pain and she was withdrawing from them as well. When she woke up, she couldn't really speak, she couldn't see, and she couldn't stand up. It was, it was a really hard week because of the withdrawals from the drugs and not being able to do anything. I mean, you know, I've always done whatever I wanted to, when I wanted to, you know, not being able to, to move much. That was, a hard, that was a hard week. Once I got to rehab, though, it got better. She was awake for one week, and then they sent her to rehab. There was a physical and an occupational therapist there. The day she left the hospital, they came and they told her the story about how when she first showed up, they looked at her, they read the charts, they left the room, they shut the door and looked at each other and said, Where do we begin? Because I couldn't sit up, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. It took them a full week to get me to sit up on the edge of the bed without passing out going backwards because I had been flat so long that your equilibrium, your blood pressure, your whole body fights that. Then they come in one morning and they say, well, you're going to stand up today. And I just looked at them and I said, really? <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever you say, <laughs> whatever you say. So they each got on one side of me, you know, and I swear they got my butt off the bed maybe three inches and they were thrilled they were thrilled were and I thrilled? was like are you <laughs> what are you talking about this is I couldn't do anything but it was a start I was determined that I wasn't going to be stuck in a wheelchair I mean I was just determined that that wasn't that was going to be part of it and man they worked you hard Every morning, somebody comes in and writes on the board what you're going to be doing all day. And it's like, are you serious? There were a lot of days when I wanted to just stay in bed and curl up and just cover up my head and just stay there. But you couldn't because, number one, the insurance company would have kicked you out. <laughs> okay, you'd have to go home. Because you had to do this criteria, you know. <laughs> number two, you never would have got out of bed. You'd have been there, you'd have been there or in a corner somewhere in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. And I had too much to do to let that happen. And 
I mean, my family was just so supportive, and, and my friends. And it's kind of neat that you had people sort of watching to tell you these stories, like, you know, to, to, to remind you or guide you. Yes. When Nikki stepped into my room one night, I, I was still in the unit then, wasn't I? And she saw a shadow that looked just like my Uncle Walt sitting in the chair by my bed, just like he was watching over me. And I was still out of it at that point, but, yeah. but Nikki saw it. So Jeannie loves shakes and fries and hamburgers, and she hadn't been allowed to have any of this since December. And now it's Easter. So that's like four months without them. By Easter, I could go out, get out of jail pass. <laughs> so my sister said, well, I'm doing an Easter dinner. Why don't you and Owen come to dinner? I said, well, I don't really want to. I don't really want to come to dinner. I, I can get out of here. I want to go to McDonald's. <laughs> And there was total silence. She was like, what? So that's what we did. So she's been in rehab for a couple of months, and she got a pass to go get a burger and fries for dinner. And she could go outside in a wheelchair with anyone in her family. But she still hadn't walked yet. My orthopedist who, who did the hip did not want me bearing any weight on that for like, what, eight weeks? And every other day, my physical therapist would call him and say, today, today, today. I think she did this for two weeks before he finally granted that wish. Right around that time, our son's birthday was coming up, April 18th. And so I had asked him what he wanted for his birthday. And he said, all I want for my birthday is to see you walk again. So the day, they got permission for me to bear weight. Kathleen came through the door with my right sneaker in her hand. And I knew, I knew just from that that I, they were gonna get me up on my feet. So she got me in the wheelchair, got my feet dressed, and she and I and Owen, my husband, took off toward the gym. And about halfway there, we met Eric. So we went in the gym. And you're in the wheelchair? I'm in the wheelchair, and they wheel me up to the parallel bars and helped me stand up and I could just stand on both feet. That's the first time I could put all my weight on. And she would have me take three steps and then sit down. We were all in tears, all of us. Owen, Eric, myself, because it was like, I mean, this was really a milestone. And now we're going to pause and hear a message from the sponsor of the Gardenia Project. Talking with Jeannie, I was truly struck by what a process healing is. Even though we live in a society that often highlights overnight miracles and swift recoveries, most of the time it's the day-to-day -day baby steps and a commitment to caring for ourselves and our loved ones that takes us from broken to thriving. My friend and the sponsor of the Gardenia Project, Jen Moore, is someone who really gets this. She's dedicated her life to supporting herself and other people to heal both emotionally and physically. She knows that part of the journey is about recognizing the little victories along the way and taking doable actions regularly that lead to remarkable results in well-being. Not only does Jen help highly sensitive women who struggle with empathic overwhelm, 
and the distress that keeps them stuck in life and business. She also can teach you how to develop your own abilities to become a skilled healing practitioner so that you can help heal not only yourself, but other people as well. For more information about Jen's one-on-one programs, group classes, and trainings, head on over to modernmedicinelady.com. You'll be really glad you did. And now, back to Jeannie's story. On April 14th, Jeannie was released from rehab and ready to go. Even though she was leaving, the work was far from done. She was still in a wheelchair at this point, and she still had to have physical therapists come to her house. So then you go home, but... Crash. (laughs) I couldn't get out of a chair by myself. That was the hardest thing for me because think about it anytime you want to get up you get up and you go you know and there would be something in the other room that I felt I needed I could not go get it I had to ask my husband to go get it or whoever was there to go get it for me yes and a little with a little bell (laughs) so you had turned into some sort of royalty with a little bell right (laughs) were you able to enjoy that or was it just frustrating I enjoyed it a little bit (laughs) good you know, it got easier over time. We kept the wheelchair, I think, until October. I didn't use it, like, from July on, unless we were going somewhere. But uh, we kept it. We took it back in October, and we celebrated because it was gone. Okay, so you get rid of a wheelchair. Yes. And then what is your life like? Challenges. I didn't want to be limited to the things I could do, so I was always trying to do a little bit more and drive my husband crazy to doing. He didn't think I should, you know, take this step or that step or try this or try that. My biggest fear was that I would never be able to dance again. Every year in October, Jeannie and a friend would go to a convention together, and since she first joined the organization, she had never missed going. And my husband said, you won't be able to go to that. You'll have to skip that. I said, I don't think so. I'll be going with Carol, and she will look out for me. I think I could go. (laughs) We went on a Friday, and the Saturday night was a traditional banquet, and it was always dancing afterwards. And so I was sitting, you know, watching, listening, wishing I could be on the dance floor. And a friend came over and said, come on. You've got to come out on the dance floor with me. Maybe you can't dance, maybe you can just stand there. But you are coming out on the dance floor with me. So I did. Jeannie then told me a story about another tradition where they all go out to dinner together on a regular basis. And this particular night, Jeannie got out of Carol's car for dinner and she turned to Carol and said, Carol, I wore my cowgirl boots tonight. I hope I can walk with them and not fall down and she goes what (laughs) she said if you fall down oh it will kill me you'll never be able to go with me anywhere again (laughs) and I did it mostly for effect because I I know I could I wouldn't have worn them you know if I couldn't walk in them but I got the desired effect out of her that I wanted (laughs) so I like that you were like having a little fun with this oh yeah yes well you have to you're gonna keep a sense of humor I didn't always have it but most of the time, most of the time, because if you don't, you make yourself miserable, yeah. and everybody else around you miserable, too. Yeah. 
think that first October was the first time I drove. I can remember that day very clearly. I was all by myself. It was warm and I had all the car windows open and it was heaven. Were you afraid? No. Things had basically been stable for her for quite a few years. And then suddenly, Jeannie began to not be able to retain food or liquid. Her blood panels were a mess. Finally, they realized that she had kidney issues that would require regular visits to the hospital. For a while, it was every single day. People say to me, oh, you have to go to the hospital every other day. It's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And you know how I look at it? It's like a job. I get up and I go off in the morning. I have to be there at 8 o'clock. I'm only there for a couple hours. I feel better. So since this accident, you've had periods of time where things were okay, but then you've had some yeah. serious repercussions. Yeah. I have, off and on. Yeah. But it's okay. I'm up. I'm moving. I do what I want. I have energy. Many mornings, I would get up, sit up on the edge of the bed and stand up and think, I don't understand how my body can do this. You know, thinking back to everything that happened to me, to my body physically, how can you get up out of bed and stand up and walk off? I mean, it's amazing. The healing is amazing. Every year, Jeannie has a rebirthday party to celebrate her life. To celebrate, she got a second chance at living. As she should. I really love that she does this. Along the way, there were many milestones in her recovery journey. Remember how the nurses got so excited when she could sit up without passing out? And again, when she could lift just three inches off the bed? All of these seemingly small things were really worth celebrating. It made me think about all the things in our life that we could celebrate, that we probably don't. Most of us do not have a story as dramatic as Jeannie's. But there are things that we could celebrate. I'm guessing that you could think of a few. I can. Just recently, I finished up a big project I had been working on, and I submitted the paperwork, and a few hours later when my friend checked in and asked me how I was going to celebrate, I asked her what she was talking about. I had already forgotten because it was a busy day. I had other things to do. I had a laundry list of work stuff and I had to pick up my daughter. I mean, it's kind of become a joke that I kind of do this a lot. Don't forget to celebrate, my friends, because life can change so fast. And right now, we are here on this planet and that is worth celebrating. So I challenge you the same way I'm gonna challenge myself. Find one thing that you're excited about or proud of this week and celebrate it. If nothing else, raise a glass to Jeannie and the amazing human spirit to recover and dance. Thanks goes out to my fabulous partner, producer, Stephanie Cohn. Our theme music is by the fabulous Keith Kenneth of Unseen Music and Blue Dot Sessions. Go over to my website and click on the Gardenia Project page and you can see the portraits of Jeannie if you love the podcast and you want to support us, well, every dollar right now makes a huge difference for us. So if you can head over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and get a small monthly donation, we would really, really appreciate that. And now, I'm signing off to go have a slice of cake. No, seriously, I am. <laughs>
It's been sitting here on my desk waiting for me to finish up. I'll tell you a secret that is absolutely not a secret because I say it everywhere. I love cake and last week was my birthday and it was my daughter's birthday and that is a legitimate reason to celebrate and my house is full of cake. So it's a good day. I'll talk to you guys soon.